so we obviously have a very special guest today. The topic that we are talking about on this week's episode of the Anything But Quiet Time podcast, if you know about KSPJ, the podcast that we do weekly through Hope On Demand is called the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. And thy will be done is no easy topic. Ooh. And so we thought we'd bring in a guy who knows about just kind of releasing things over to the Lord. Darren's song, Come What May, is really kind of centered around what we are supposed to be doing. Yeah. And praying that incredibly difficult prayer. And if we're honest, when we pray it so quickly and so easily, when we pray the Lord's Prayer, sure. thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We were talking this morning on the radio show that we do about uh, washing your hands. You're supposed to do that for 20 seconds, otherwise your hands aren't clean. You still have germs on your hands. Yeah. So there's like music that you can play for 20 seconds. There's these little timers. And as soon as these stop, you're done. But somebody said, well, have you thought about praying the Lord's Prayer? Because that time's out for 20 seconds. It's fantastic hmm. if it's meaningful. Sure, sure. No, that's true. But then it's just empty noise to myself. Yeah. So w w as we look ahead towards Easter, thy will and, and what that means and the seriousness of it, you know, we've uh, played a song on KSBJ that maybe you've heard before called Thy yes. Will. And in the extremely hard situations where we say, where we, we feel like saying and maybe have said, God, I don't know how you're right. I don't know how you're right on this because I lost a loved one. I don't know how you're right on this because me losing my job right now doesn't make sense. How can we reconcile when, if we are believers in Jesus, God is right, period. <laughs> and I am not right. I have, don't have all the knowledge. I, mean, I have instance, messed you, up. You have a piece of oh, grass in your hair. Thank you very much. That, that would be so embarrassing right. the whole time. That's it's completely see, wrong. See, could you imagine me with grass in my hair telling God, <laughs> no, you're wrong. Yeah. No. And they look at you, you dummy. No. Um, and so, so we want to, the, the overview of that is the, the, the points that we'll make the difficult time that that is, but how important it is at the same time. So we're going to uh, dig deep with that tonight. Uh, and again, hopeondemand.com. There's Articles, there's blogs, there's other podcasts uh, also digging into this subject as well. Now, we're going to start recording when? I think we have. Have we started yeah, recording? There we well, go. So, I, yeah. I, if we say things like, I said radio show earlier, y'all know KSBJ in this room. But there are people that listen elsewhere. And so we're like, I'm a radio show. <laughs> Yes. Why do you sound like you have I an old pipe? Yes. <laughs> uh, but we're going to have so much fun with Darren. Are you guys ready to? Should we, should we introduce him? Now, do not clap. <laughs> what are you doing? Do not clap. Doing? Don't yeah. say anything when he comes. He's like, don't do anything fancy. Excuse me. Don't do anything fancy. Because <laughs> uh, he's, like, he's so down to earth. So yeah. just like, just crickets. No, no, don't do that to him. He, what he said was, don't make the intro too big. And what I now want to do is say, just you. theologians everywhere say that this is the most brilliant man on planet Earth. <laughs> <laughs> so, but ladies and gentlemen, from We Are Messengers, the lead singer, Darren Woo! Mulligan. <laughs> okay, maybe he didn't want the clapping. He's shaking See, his head he already. Shook his head. <laughs> You would have been just fine if they hadn't clapped. That was he said that's dreadful. He did, he did mention that in Ireland, see where we're at today is, uh, what was it, high, like uh, 70? He said, this is like a nice summer's day in Ireland. And I'm like, <laughs> Houston, Texas in August, it ain't that. I'll tell you that much right now. So, uh, welcome, welcome, sir. Ah, uh, cheers, thanks for having me. Yeah. I just took my hat off so you could see the reflection off my forehead. <laughs> 
some lighting issues earlier, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Did you take I, your ball cap off? And you did. I've got nice. a I've got a lot of forehead real estate, you know. <laughs> yes, brother, I'm selling plots. <laughs> we'll go into business, make a fortune. Oh my goodness. <laughs> So are we going to just delve right in here? What do you well, want? Well, I think what we could start with, because the song is so perfect for uh, the subject, where did the yeah. song Come What May come from? Yeah. And and just your thoughts behind praying that prayer of thy will be done. Yeah, well, it's funny. Even at a show the other night, um, I was thinking about that prayer, the Our Father, and I went, the Our Father. I, I'm sorry, I struggled to speak English. And, um, <laughs> and just what it meant to Jesus even to pray that. Like, because he knew that the cross was ahead. He knew that Calvary was ahead, that the hill of Golgotha was ahead, that he would be stripped naked and beaten and hung on a tree with his mother kneeling at the foot of the cross, right? Mm -hmm. He knew that was ahead. And he was still praying, God, let your will be done. Let your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. And so a lot of the time in my life, I say things like, God, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. And then I go and do whatever I want. Mm. You know, so it's like, thank you, Jesus. And then really I'm pointing at myself, you know. Mm. And I wanted to write a song. <laughs> it's risky business writing songs, you know, because Jesus tends to hold me to the things that I write. Right. You know? So I wanted to write a song where I said, God, well, whatever it is, whether you have lots for me or little, whether I have good health or no health, whether I'm on a mountain or in a valley, your will is better. Mm -hmm. Your way is better. And come what may, oh, this, I remember this. There's a scripture on the wall in the little church where I came to Jesus 14 years ago. Uh, and, and the church was about this size, you know. And there was about 70 people in, in my town that went to this church. And they hollered and jumped and sang. And on the back wall, it said, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. So when I wrote come what may, I was writing a song dedicated to the God who never changes and I can rest in his consistency when nothing is consistent in my life mm. and that was put to the test a few weeks ago when my truck slid off the freeway and I, and I walked out through the front window and God is I'm convinced he has a sense of humor you know because it was in the airport after having the car crash and my drummer turns around and he says well Darren that's what you get for writing songs called come what may <laughs> I was like, you wee pup, um, <laughs> which is strange because he's six foot four. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, well, let's go a little deeper with I will be done. Let's start with the first, first act of will, mm -hmm. apart from the Lord's. Mm -hmm. um, so the very beginning, we read in Genesis that the instructions have been laid out, but free will is a thing. Mm -hmm. We can do what we want to do. Sure. Yeah. But as long as we align with what God has asked us to do, everything's mm -hmm. going to be great. Well, great as in what? Well, great as in unbroken. Yes. Great as in there's nothing that's fallen yet. Yes. And if, in terms of like, if you surrender to me that there are things that you do not know as of yet, I can allot you the time frame if you trust me. Yeah. And what did they do with their free will? They made a choice to exercise it in a way that now I'm no longer aligned with God mm -hmm. and everything falls to pieces. And so the fact that you write this song about come what may and then I can, I can surrender and rest in the arms of Jesus, mm. how ridiculous am I that I'm constantly finding in my, myself in that place of refuse? Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I, I can't it. surrender control. And I think it's like this self-preservation thing that we do. Sure. Because we're like God has designed us to if somebody goes to swing at us, what you you put your arms up, right? It's a defense mechanism. And we don't want to feel pain. And I think the surrender um, of of will over to God's way of thinking is saying, Lord, even if you allow pain, yeah. I'm gonna I'm choosing to say it's okay mm-hmm. because somehow you're gonna inject purpose into that pain and make it glow with your glory. That's good. I, I think we see a great example in the Psalms where you have people, oftentimes David, King David, crying out to God, but then you you have at the end of those hard Psalms but Lord, you are in charge. Lord, may it be your will. And so I, I think that we can show certainly emotion and the hurt to God, but it has to come to that recognition that he is right. And there's, there's one situation in my life over the past few months where we have um, a couple in our church that they, uh, they lost their little girl mm. uh, a few months ago. And I know there's people in this room that have lost a child as well. Three and, years old. Mm. And how do you... How do you sit here and, and say, you, you obviously don't sit here and say, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, but how do you sit here and reconcile the fact that if I believe in a God that's in charge, I think this is often why we see people leaving the church nowadays too. Yeah. Because if God doesn't fit my expectation and my definition of mm-hmm. what I've gone on my own or gone because of culture, yeah. well, then God must not exist. Yeah. And it's a dangerous place to be in when we're taking cues from culture or, or taking cues from myself. And we have to be rooted in what scripture says and what, what God has promised and what he hasn't. And even in mainstream Christianity, we see a lot of people claiming that God has promised this or that, and he hasn't. That's true. And if he did in the Old Testament, it wasn't for us. Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I always love this one. Jer- Here, actually, I have a note on my phone. Jeremiah 29, 11, it gets uh, often quoted for, I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope, which I think we can take a principle from. Sure. Uh, but the previous verse it, that often doesn't get quoted is Jeremiah twenty nine ten. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill you to my promise and bring you back to this place. Now, does that sound like it's, it's like it's for Dylan's karate tournament uh, <laughs> on Saturday? I, I, don't, I don't think it is. Um, and we can look to the Old, Old Testament for principles to learn, but we have to be cautious in getting back to our expectations. We can't just, we have to know what scripture was saying. I think it's why it's so important to read chapter by chapter because we're forced to understand what it's actually saying instead of picking and choosing a verse and me applying my own interpretation to it. And that's where expectations get broken. And that's where we see whether it's progressive Christianity or where we see uh, the Mm -hmm. the evangelical movement. Yeah. Well, I, I love even what you said, so we were talking about the garden, essentially is what you're talking about, and Adam and Eve. There's a, there's a verse in there where it talks about, it says they walked in the cool of the day with Jesus. You know, when I came to Christ, <laughs> it's good to see you. When I came to Jesus, I felt like, oh wow, this is what it is to walk in the cool of the day. And I've been walking with Jesus 14 years, and I thought I would be so much further on in that walk. But it's amazing how strong our self-will is and our self-determination is. And I think a lot of it stems from this idea that maybe God's not as good as he says he is. And in Western culture, the church has sold us a version of Jesus who gives us trinkets, gives us nice little things. 
And that's a very shallow representation of the Jesus we know. Because he is the suffering servant. He is the one who's taken his cross and he says, take yours too and follow me. And somehow we manage to twist that into, okay, I'll take a little bit of the cross as long as I have good health. I'll carry some of that cross as long as I'm not in debt. You know, give me that five steps to, uh, you know, uh, wealth independence. Give me that seven steps to a perfect life. Give me that purpose-driven life. We have substituted the will of God for the will of men, and the will of men always, le- always leads us to death. Yeah. The will of the Father leads us through hills and valleys, to quote our boy Torrin Wells in his hometown, right? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> it leads us through both, and it, it eventually leads us to the foot of the cross. Mm-hmm. And it's there that we have to lay our will down and say, not my will, but yours. And I, I sit here as a hypocrite. I'm the first man to say I've messed this up a million times. And before I get home on Sunday, I will mess it up again. <laughs> you can edit. Unfiltered. Well, you can edit Unfiltered. this out if you want. Come on, Darren. We can take it. We're Texans. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have... There's a particular sin in my life that I love, right? And you all can sit there and pretend that you don't love sin. That would make you liars, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Sin is appealing. It often tastes good, feels good, looks good, sounds good. And at first it's innocent. It's like a newborn baby. But eventually it brings forth death, okay? But for 12 months, for the first time in my life, I have been clean from this sin. I chose God one night, and for 12 months I have gone to bed every night without shame. I have woke up without shame, and I've been walking with Jesus again in the cool of the day because I said, God, I'm going to follow you. And he, and he didn't just like, it, it isn't my strength. I'm like, look at me, Jesus, choosing you every day. He gave me new desires. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You see, that is the greatness of God, that he will take your desires and change them. There's a scripture and he says, I will transfer you into the kingdom of the son of my love. But that involves us saying, not my will, but yours, God. And we got to do that on the good days and on the bad days, when we have everything, when we have nothing, when the people we love are here and when they're going. God is not good one day and bad the next. He is good. He is sovereign. He is holy. His will is perfect. And I don't care what preacher has told you otherwise. He is immutable. He never changes. He is steady and faithful. And he loves you. He does. Young lady, he loves you. Jesus loves you very, very much. Sir, he loves you. And I can say that because I am the biggest sinner in this room and he still loves me. But don't sin more so that you can say his grace abounds. That's not for you, that's for me, brother. All right, my CDs are available at the back, they're $10. You you, you brought up somebody really special. Um, You know, I'm not Catholic. Uh, Like, there's a reason why. Wait, wait, wait for a second. I'm not. (laughs) You're Irish. You should be able to speak when I'm speaking. Hang on. That got me so good. Okay, so I'm not. (laughs) Sounds like you protest a little too much. No, it just. 
It's you. Did you see that episode with Ellen where she calls up that little old lady and she goes, oh, you know, I drink a little, but I love Jesus. That's what I, that's what I sounded like just yeah, now. That's yeah, not what I meant uh, to sound like. No. You, you can edit that out too. Yeah. Oh, that's all right. None of this is going to make it no, to YouTube. This is all for show now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Listen, no, I meant to say, we had a lovely conversation with Matt Marr the other day and he's a, he's a, a wonderful man. He is Catholic. Yes. And there's a way that Catholics connect with God that's different than mine. But I think, I think I kind of almost understand where they go with the, the person of Mary, mm. because Mary, you know, you see these figures like Moses in the Bible, Moses, the Ten Commandments, this epic character. Yeah. What happened when God says go? What's the first thing that guy says? <laughs> uh, you got the wrong guy. and like for the longest time like we all think of because of the movies we think it's Moses that puts down the staff to change the water into blood it's Aaron his big brother and then finally somewhere like halfway through the plagues he gets the guts to start picking up the staff himself and doing it himself so Moses is this epic figure let's go to Mary she's a child what I love about Mary and why I think God chose Mary is she was just enough adult that she could have a baby, but she was just enough childlike faith to where she could take on faith wow. the task of housing our Messiah in her womb. Wow. Yeah. And the first thing she says, yeah, you got the wrong guy. No, Moses. <laughs> what is it? Well, she asks, well, how's this a thing? Because I'm, you know, I'm not married yet. And he's, well, this is how it's going to work. And she goes, let it be as you have said. Mm. She's a child. And she has this faith. And I can't help but wonder if the prayer that Jesus came to know and teach us to pray, which is the first time we ever see those words, thy will be done, is in the Lord's Prayer, which is in Matthew, and it's repeated in Luke. Mm-hmm. And then we see it in the garden, Matthew 26. And I look, I'm not, I have written that down. That's why I'm, I, I know that. And I also have all the scriptures memorized from all. No, but I'm just saying if, we, if you wanted a reference point, that's where you find that stuff. And so how does he learn to pray this prayer? Is, I mean, we could guess that God infuses Jesus the moment that he's you know, born in the stable with his Holy Spirit power and he knows all as an infant. Or is this something that in process he's learning? He was without sin, but always collecting information like that time where he runs away from his parents. Clearly, yep. he was in the wrong. He scared him to death. And he immediately submitted. I was like, I, I, I won't do it again, you know. But I was in my father's house. Like, he was just, it, it, yeah. I didn't know I would do that to you. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, my point being, Mary must have talked to, because I do that with my kids. I tell them about the story about their, how their dad and I met and how cute they were when they were born. And she must have shared mm. that story. She must have shared yeah. I mean, think about that for a second. Let it be, as the angel said. That was in his, that was in him. Yeah. Yeah. Before conception, that was in him. And what an amazing, powerful thing. And while we're on the women in the Bible, why has Noah's wife never gotten a name? <laughs> These women who, you talk about thy will be done. Noah's going to go out and build this big boat. You imagine being that guy's wife? You're going to what? That's just, you know what, right? Come people on, are going to leave here tonight. How was the podcast thing? Rochelle they dissed was, Moses a lot. A lot. Did not care for it. She was on it. this feminist yeah. rampage. <laughs> well, you know, I can speak to feminism. <laughs> 
Well, that's about what a right, segue. Darren. What a segue. I could say a lot of things to feminism, but I won't. <laughs> Um, I do want to. I do want. I'm not finished. Oh, you no. cut me off. I was going to get you off of that and save like, you from it, but go ahead. Go no. ahead. <laughs> I think you need to save this. What guy. I will say is this. I think I'm only going what I think. I think men have forsaken so much of their roles within the church. I think we have. I think when you go to any church, the prayer meeting on a Tuesday or Wednesday night will be full of women. Our youth groups are led by young girls and, and teenage girls and girls in their 20s. Men have been building kingdoms for themselves since the start, right? And I think we need a correction in society where men show up for their lives. We need a correction where men start to be the ones going to the prayer group, where men care about teaching their kids, not handing them off to Sunday school and complaining when they don't know the scriptures. We have a certain level of responsibility. And I love when you talk about Mary. Again, I think about the foot of the cross. Jesus was fulfilling the will, the perfect will of the Father. And when everyone else was hiding and abandoning him, which I would have done too. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's the truth. I ain't ragging you on the disciples. You would have been the guy who was running away naked. Yeah. Just, Do you remember well, that guy? Well, that's just Friday night. But <laughs> Relax. Relax. Relax you yourselves. You live in the country. It's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Irish, okay? <laughs> What is <laughs> that really ruined a beautiful moment? Um, <laughs> I tend to but do I, th that. I think about the steadiness and the conviction of Mary to be there all the way to the end. And then on the day that Jesus rose, again, the first people that he appears and reveals himself to are women. And it's the women that carry the message to the men. And what are the men doing? Hiding. Hiding. And so I want to challenge the men in here quit hiding. Show up for your lives. Do you know what I mean? Because we have a whole generation that's coming afterwards. And society's telling... This is my feminist part. <laughs> and society's telling men, you're a bit too much man. Can you stop being so manly? They're not saying that to men in the Ukraine right now. Do you know who's leaving on trains? Women and children. Because there is an order and there is a role for men in our society. But we've got to stop building our own kingdoms and build his kingdom. We've got to stop, start standing up for the outsider, the marginalized, the broken, widows and orphans. And not by quoting scripture. The devil can quote scripture better than I can all day long. But what are we doing with our time, our money, our energy, our lives? If it's lying around looking at Facebook and scrolling through Instagram, Lord, send the rapture now. The problem is most of us would still be here. And maybe I would too. Don't let your words dis deceive you. To do the will of the Father is not to talk. It is to do. It is to be. Jesus wasn't talking on the cross going, Look at me now, fellas. Here I am on the cross. Ta-da! He was hanging, dying on a tree naked. So in the sanitized version of Christianity that we have in Western culture where we paint Jesus out to be this beautiful, tall, Swedish man with flowing locks, and he's wandering like a minstrel. Don't forget the blue eyes. The blue eyes, Charlie, oh, he was Moses, sorry. <laughs> Remember, he was the suffering servant. And the faithfulness of those women. Look, at even think about the lady that rocks in, and he's sitting at the table with the Pharisees. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's a shameful thing for this woman to walk in in that culture. 
And she starts crying over his feet and pouring out her perfume on his dirty feet. And she's drying them. And all the Pharisees are like, oh, how can you be with this woman? And he's like, boys, this woman is pouring out her life on me. Mm-hmm. If you had half the faith this woman has. We can learn a lot from the women in the Bible. But fellas, we can learn a lot from the men too. You know? Get out there and wrestle some bears and wolves. <laughs> Find me a bear! There is, to, to describe that is what Jesus did. Uh, because on the Sermon on the Mount, it says God blesses those who are poor, poor in spirit, realize their need for him Mm. for the kingdom of heaven is theirs god blesses those who mourn for they will be comforted god blesses those who are humble for they will inherit the whole earth and i saw this definition of what is poor in spirit Mm -hmm. to be poor in spirit is to recognize my utter spiritual bankruptcy before god it is understanding that i have absolutely nothing of worth to offer god being poor in spirit is admitting that because of my sin, I am completely destitute spiritually and can do nothing to deliver myself from my dire situation. And so you see what the definition of that is falls right in line with the, 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 the servant attitude that we should have. Yeah. But then you also combine it here with what we're talking about tonight and looking to Easter and looking to God's will and saying, how on earth, if I believe this is true, you know, if I'm, if I'm a Bible believer and I believe Jesus is who he said he was and I put my faith and my trust in him, if I say I believe that, then how on earth could I trust myself with my will? Mm. And I don't know in certain situations how, you know, like we talked about earlier, the loss of life is tragic. But if I believe this, I have to believe that God is in the right and knows what he's doing mm-hmm. and that I have nothing spiritually to offer. So I can't I shouldn't go to myself as a source. Mm-hmm. And, and hopefully some comfort with those hard questions. I heard it simply described, since God is outside of time, mm-hmm. whenever we pass on, we're simply changing location. Mm. If, we, if we're in Christ, we're simply changing location. And so I can trust God with that to know that he's in charge. And of course, we do view it as death. We are losing someone. But you, you got to step back. In fact, I think it was Francis Chan that has this incredible uh, it, it's, it's always a good analogy to bring out when somebody asks you the hard questions about faith. Well, how can a good God allow, you know, whatever they, the they ask? The aglet. It is the nylon tip of your shoelace, right? Everybody, it's, a, it's an impressive that you knew the word, yes, but... because uh, you use this a lot. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I've ranted about this every day, and finally, you people are going to listen. Uh, so... Francis Chan does this thing. He brings out this incredibly long shoelace. I mean, it was, you know, manufactured on purpose of just, I mean, yards and yards and yards of it. And he said, imagine the shoelace is actually longer than this. Imagine it's the world's longest shoelace. It goes from here to the moon. It goes from here to Jupiter. It's as long as you want it to be. That is eternity. And we are concentrated here on earth with that nylon tip that is the standard size. And we are so how can how can god how can god god's bigger than that yeah mm. way way bigger than that and that's how i have been able to reconcile okay even in the heart and i've been faced some of these tragic situations that i've named but that is how i can reconcile those hard questions it's good dude. um so we translate eternity into our our small existence and that's going to be difficult we can't even fathom infinity so when we say that he has a perspective that's not ours and then we're trying to 
we get glimpses, right? One of my favorite scriptures to quote is from 1 Corinthians 13. It's at the tail end of the love chapter, and it says, now we see through a glass darkly, but then mm-hmm. we will know in full. We get little glimpses here and there That's good. of, of yeah. the will and, and understanding. Oh, I see you connecting dots. God's like, you don't know the half of it. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. he, he's connecting zillions of dots with one. Like, all of our lives in this one room tonight... And then the people listening in a podcast later, something that Darren, something Carter said, certainly nothing I say. That's not true. <laughs> Moses stuff. Moses. Yeah. Moses and her rant. But the point being that it, it, he connected them all with this one moment, only something an eternal God can do. So if he is eternal and I can, I can, I can trust him clearly, yeah. Yeah. you know, I just want to share from a personal experience. This is something I've been very open about. And we all have, we all have a, um, a struggle in life. Mine, I, when I was a child, I started checking things mm. and started washing my hands over and over and over again. And I started checking appliances and I didn't know what was going on, but I, I kept it to myself. And I dealt with a lot of fear, but I kept it to myself. There was a lot of struggle in my house. And I just, I, I was the joy kid. So I'd always put on the happy face and make people laugh. I came to find out later I had obsessive compulsive disorder. And it's something that I, I do take medication for. It helps. Um, but it's something I prayed about with my children. I'm like, God, please. What I essentially think I prayed over them was, Lord, rob them of a challenge. Mm. You should never pray that prayer. Mm. Why would you rob your children of a challenge? Well. The trees around us that we see that are massive in Houston, they are stronger with every time they take a beating from a weather system. And we have to be strengthened by challenges. We have to. To know joy, truly, Got to know pain first. So I hear I've experienced this, this pain situation. I could go into detail about my dad's severe bipolar disorder. Mm. Please spare my kids. Spare my kids. And then there was this event, and I knew something was wrong with my son. And uh, it happened in a store, and I got mad. It was more than mad. It was words that, you, that are funky that you should never say to God. I was so angry. I prayed, and you didn't answer my prayer. Have you ever prayed that kind of prayer? Mm-hmm. You didn't answer my prayer. You know the hell I've been through, and you allowed this to touch my son. Something is wrong. He was diagnosed with autism, and that scared me to death because there's a picture in your mind um, of Dustin Hoffman from Rayman where people drop cards or matches, and he can count them all. And I didn't want that for a child. You know, I, was like, I had an idea of what it was supposed to look like, Darren, yeah. and that's not it. And so it scared me. And now my son is almost 16 years old. He's very high-functioning. And so the, this, there's an establishment here in the Houston area that he goes to on a weekly basis, and he's able to connect with other kids who deal with autism. Come on. You're killing us. Tell, tell us. He, he, he was asked to volunteer with children the age that he went into that program, yeah. and he's now ministering to these babies. Yeah, come on. He has this perspective that only he can give. And we all have something like that. It may not be on that degree. I mean, it's not a medical thing. Maybe it's That's a financial good. thing that you're able to pour into somebody else. And if not for that struggle, how dare I pray, mm. rob my son of his challenge? Because it's beautiful. And I'm going to say it again. When he injects purpose into the pain that he allows to touch your life, you glow with his glory. That's good. And other people are drawn to that That's good. light. That's good. It's not about us. That's amazing. 
You need to. You need to do a rap album. A rap? <laughs> because of the purpose in the plane? Yes, the... you're, you're, I, I love these two. I've known them for years. And just, they're, they're so expressive with how they tell stories. I'm like, they have this incredible gifting for storytelling because stories change the world, do you know? And I think when I hear you talk, you know, about your boy, uh, if you can hold on long enough, you're always going to see the miracle. Yeah. And the scripture's full of... Uh, encouragement for persevering, for holding on, for yeah. keeping going. We want the results now. Right, right. Suffering comes, we're like, God, fix it. <laughs> and can I just say, sometimes that miracle doesn't come this side of eternity. You all know this, don't you? Mm-hmm. But Christianity is a very disappointing faith when you've been led to believe that the miracle always comes this side of eternity. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time it comes, a lot of the times it doesn't. But God is sovereign. He causes the rain to fall on the good and the evil mm-hmm. alike. Mm-hmm. And so when I think of the story of Job, right? Not too many people go to Job for encouragement. <laughs> but I am Irish. I go there. <laughs> to me, it's like a bedtime story. <laughs> now, kids, let me tell you about Job. <laughs> Bit of light reading, you know? <laughs> and I... Job, right? Satan comes to God. He says, Job only loves you because you're good. And God's like, ah, no, he loves me. And Satan says, well, if I, if I curse him, mm. he won't love you. He curses him. He still loves God. What if I take your family? He takes his family. Still loves God. And then his friends, you ever have those great Christian friends that come around and go, this must be something you did. You're a sinner. Got me. Yes, I'm a sinner. Mm-hmm. He still loves God. And in the end, God restores. Here's the thing I can't reconcile with. I think about my family and I'm thinking, God, you can never replace my family with any other family. Mm. But mm. the scriptures tell us that God restores. And in my life, I have lost so many things and so much hurt has come my way. Dude, I'm only 27. I don't know where I got all these wrinkles. Yeah. I'm 42 years old. You had a much better life than I had, obviously, judging by your head. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Now we see through a glass darkly, Brian. No. (laughs) (laughs) There are secrets. But I've lost so much. But every step along the way, every time I've seen the goodness of God, I've built these little Ebenezers, these little monuments in my heart that remind me, oh, God was there. God was there. And even in the worst of times where I couldn't see him or believe that he would possibly allow it, now that I look back through the lens of time, I see that God was there. God is there. At every turn. And what's his will? His will is to do the will of the Father. And if you want to know what the will of God is, Quit being lazy and read your Bibles. You'll find it in it. And me too. Yeah. Because we've raised a generation of people that think they can find out about Jesus from other people. That's, it's good. Teaching and preaching and exposition and songwriters. It's, it's good stuff. But nothing replaces the Word of God. It is powerful. It is like a double-edged sword. It is potent. You're going to school. When you're rocking into school and your friends are like, you know, whatever... 
and they think you're goofy maybe because you like Jesus. If you don't have the Word of God printed on your heart, and when the struggles come, you're going to bend and it's going to break you. But with the Word of God, see that scripture, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and people start jumping out of windows? Yes. Out of context. Right. You can persevere, you can endure this side of eternity knowing the great hope that is set before you and that is the person, Jesus Christ. But you have to put the work in. And I say that to me, I'm so lazy. Do you know how many arm wrestling videos I watch at night? I watch hairy Russian men arm wrestle. Yes, yes, I've seen those. That's fantastic. Yeah. And there's, and there's another one where they hold a bar and they slap life. each other. Yeah. <laughs> they slap each other, yes. Bro, and I'm sitting there going, I should be like meditating on you, God. And I'm watching Vladimir beat three shades of green out of somebody else, you know? I don't know. Take well, from that whatever you want. I, I, I think the way, what you were describing of... Uh, Which part? I can, well, yeah. Well, the Russian stuff. Let's oh, get into yeah. that. No. Um, I, I think with the persevering and to culminate with the the ultimate will of God. I think of it like a movie, you know, you're watching a movie, there's a suspense or there's some sort of, you know, the the thing where you think it's finally solved. The problem in the movie is finally solved. And then you look and there's like an hour left in the movie. You're like, something else is gonna happen. I thought we had this thing wrapped up. And something else happens, you know. And then the final end of the movie happens where it finally culminates. And and we have jumped to that, like you said, yeah. jumped to that, oh, I thought this was it. Yeah. Mm. And what's it is, in the end, God will wipe every tear yes, away. Sir. Yes. And that's the prospering. That's the end. That's the finale. Yes, and sir. that's where we look forward to is the end of the movie. But we've also talked about, you know, you brought Ooh. up the word Ebenezer's. And I think that's yeah. super important. So, yeah. like, before you get to your ending, sometimes God gives you those big moment, monument moments in your yeah. life that you can count. Rick, hey, you guys came back. How you doing? Darren, Darren did it. Darren did it. I'm sorry for those of you listening. There's a couple here I recognize. So I apologize. But the point being that you have these moments in your life. Like, I'm going to, I need to remember. Like, I just mentioned the thing with my child. I need to remember this moment that I'm, I'm really excited about with him because in the future there are going to be some shaky ground moments it actually could be just around the corner because he's a teenage boy Mm -hmm. but I need I need those Ebenezer moments that I can look back on and that's something that you see throughout Jewish culture and history they would set up these monuments some remember they set up a monument right in the middle of the the Jordan River Mm. they cross it and they're like set up 12 stones there do we never forget and Mm. it's like it may feel weird at the moment but they never forgot so I want to make sure that I'm setting up moments so that somewhere along the way when I need to feed off the faith of my past yeah I can, yeah. no, that's and good. that's okay because we do, that's you know, brilliant. we do go scrambled eggs every once in a while. We're not gonna be, <laughs> you know, presenting in the, the person that you want to be all the time. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, I think actually the scrambled eggs part of you, if you guys are tracking with me, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. But when you kind of go bananas, no, no, no you have no I idea. understand you. Now. Okay, yeah, bonkers. So when you're not the Christian you want to be, don't be, don't be afraid. And think, well, I've gotten off track and God couldn't use that. He uses everything. And sometimes it's the brokenness where God can shine through that brokenness. And it points to him anyway. People shouldn't be looking at me when I go crazy. Can we also just address that thy will be done in the Lord's Prayer? Something, you know, Jesus was like, this is the way I want you to pray. And he gives us this lovely template. Or it's something we can quite literally pray. But the... um, 
the initiating of remember to hollow his name. That's good. Because he's talking to a people that had not been carrying the name. When we talk about um, taking God's name in vain, that literally meant they would carry the name. We wear the name Ooh. of God, but they were, they were dragging it through the mud. Remember to hollow the name of God. And thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is where? In heaven. So if he is sovereign and recognized, we don't even have to go through the, the baloney. That's good. That we have to deal with the, our own humanity, our own flesh when we're like on shaky ground with our faith. Angels are like, let's do this. Mm, that's good. When he yeah. commands, let's do this. I, huh. All right. I let it be done and on earth as it is in heaven. Would you bring a piece of your kingdom right here in the midst of it? Because the kingdom of heaven is now. Well, and I, I heard this definition as well about just that's that. Good. That the Lord's Prayer, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, it's there where the angels perform God's desire completely, joyfully, and immediately. That's good. And that's an example to follow. I got to jump in. And this is be the shortest thing I've said all jump. night. The will of God, yes. A lot of suffering, a lot of heartache, a lot of disappointment, persevere, chase Jesus, right? The will of God is also to dance. It's also to let loose. It's also to laugh. It's also to have a good time because Jesus himself demonstrated that. Do you know how many parties Jesus went to? Sorry, how many <laughs> Russians he watched arm wrestle? He, he, I bet he would have. I think heaven rejoices over, you know, arm wrestling videos. No. But, but I'm saying, like, we also have to be careful. I have to be careful because I'm Irish. Stoicism is endemic in our culture. But so is laughter. We laugh a lot. We cry a lot. Quick story. When I grew up, I didn't have much. Our family didn't have a lot of things. We were, you know, we struggled to make ends meet. And they, uh, every week I remember the bank would send our family a letter threatening to take our home. Mm. And my dad, in very classic Irish fashion, would take the letter from the bank, he'd rip it up, he'd cuss at it multiple times, and he'd throw it in the fire. He didn't know Jesus. Give him a break, right? <laughs> and then what, what happened next, I think, looks like heaven. Then he would get my mother's hand. My mom was called Carmel Rose Mulligan. Oh. I love that woman. And he would hold her hand, and he would take her into the kitchen, and they'd put Willie Nelson on the radio, and they would dance. They knew how to dance in the dark. The angels do that. Can we do it? Because we can all cry in the dark, but can we dance in the dark? Yeah. That's what come what way is really about. That's great. And, and God know? is in the dark. In the dark too. Isn't what Psalm 139, is it Psalm 139 where he goes down in the darkness and I am there. Hmm. When Moses, yeah. every time he goes into a cloud, God's in the cloud. What's in the cloud? It's murky. Can't see anything. Yeah. Where, can I, like, where can I run? Where can I hide? There's nowhere I can escape your presence, He's God. there. Hmm. Even in the depths of Sheol, yeah. This is where scripture is important. Jesus is on the cross. He's crucified. Darkness covers the earth. And Jesus, the scripture says, descends into the depths of Sheol, leads a host of captives free, mm. takes the keys to death, rises three days later, and then he's with the disciples for 40 days. And then he says, I got to go. And everyone's like, no, Jesus, don't go. Not again. And he says, I have to go because then I can send the comforter. The Father will send the comforter to be with you. So the Comforter is with us, right? Yes. The very presence and essence of God is here. So let's not act like we're at a funeral. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Let's remember that His presence, presence makes the feast. So let's be a people that mourn when we mourn, grieve when there's grief, 
But let's be a people for the love of God in heaven that know how to dance, that know how to be filled with joy. Or else these people making our coffee are just going to think, here's some more boring Christians with all their rules. (laughs) It's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Christianity sets you free. It's the opposite of bond. Like, in the world's eyes, we're fools. Don't be silly. Don't be naive. You know we walk down the street telling people about Jesus. It's going to be like, oh, here come the crazies. But we have enough Ebenezers to know that this Jesus who rose from the grave is alive. So the will of God, take care of widows and orphans. We don't like that because that requires time, effort, and responsibility. Mm. Take care of widows and orphans. Yeah. yeah. I like that passage, I think, in James is what you're quoting. Well, it's, it's all over scripture, but it, it hit me one day that he almost connects that to understanding what our faith is supposed to be about. Mm. If we take care of the widows and the orphans, which essentially it's, it's the least of these. I mean, you don't know. I'm sorry. Did your husband die? You don't qualify. It's, I mean, it's the people that need your help. Mm, yeah, that's good. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. We pass them every single day. Every single day. And I, you, it's difficult, too, sometimes when you live in a city this size and there are so many people in need. There are people that you know are pandering because it's, it's a racket. And then there are those who are... Yeah. There's this precious gentleman with a white snowy beard and he had a cup and he was just shaking it. That's all he was doing at the corner. I thought, here I am on my way to this coffee house. Gotta make good time. Can I stop and give him some water? Mm. You know, it's what I need to do. It's in the back. And I confess I did not. Was that today? It was today. Yo. That's, yeah. Go yeah, on. go ahead, Darren. <laughs> Come no, on. I'm just saying God's going to get Where's you. Where's your Bible? Just throw it at me. <laughs> but it's true. No, and go I, easy. Go easy you know, on yourself. Well, but yeah. at the same time. Go easy. But that, you know, I, I, I'm also reminded of the verse about there are times we are entertaining angels unaware. That's true. I don't want to miss a chance. Sure. I don't want to miss an opportunity to share a piece of Jesus. I mean, this guy gets in an accident where he rolls four times in his truck, gets picked up by this dude. He drives him to the airport, shares Jesus with the guy in the truck on the way to the airport. And then the guy that you bought the truck from, he's like in AFib, like he's dying. And you're like, well, I love Jesus. And you're like leading him through the gospel prayer. I don't know what you were doing with this guy who's dying and you buy his truck. I mean, come on. Yes, but... I don't want to sit by you anymore. No, I'm just going to say, we're not going to play the game of who's holy, all right? Uh, Every time I see you two, you're dripping in Holy Spirit. That's, That's the truth. You know, my problem is I do the big things well. You want someone to preach the gospel? I'm your man. Very expensive. You know what I don't do well? I'm too distracted too often. Do you know, my, sometimes my kids come in and they want to show me those fourth grade drawings of a dinosaur. Where the dinosaurs have six legs? Yeah, and I'm thinking to myself, when I'm on my deathbed, don't bring me these drawings. <laughs> but what my kids need me to do is to put down whatever I'm doing and look at their eyes and look at their art and go, well done, I'm proud of you. Mm. So the big things are the easy things. Honestly, the stopping on the corner for the homeless geezer with the white beard, yeah. that's pretty easy because it's a kind of cultural thing where you go, well, that's a good thing to do. But it's trickier to forgive your brother or sister who you're angry at. Mm. You know, forgiveness is the hard work. Yeah. Yeah. Repentance is the hard work. And 
like don't trust Christian musicians you know what I mean like <laughs> like we're just we're really messy people just like you are you know why Jesus you know? I think told us about that I, I won't my father in heaven won't be able to forgive you unless you forgive others hmm. and that's really heavy yeah. verse yeah. it's one that I kind of just glaze over I'm like well, did he really mean it maybe <laughs> he didn't but it, you know, in that same prayer about thy will be done, it says, and, and forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. We're commissioned to forgive. Ooh, that's good. When you think about forgiving, it's anti-everything Jesus wants us to stand for. And maybe the whole reason why he can't forgive us is because we are housing in us something that is unholy. Mm. And so yeah. for our betterment, not just for the other, um, to forgive, to release that. I mean, there's literally maybe no way he can bless what is unholy, mm. therefore I cannot forgive you. Don't do that. Why would yeah. you sit on that? You want to receive the grace, you have to freely give. Yeah, and he who forgives little will love little. And the, yeah. the converse is true. If you forgive much, you will learn how to love much. And so when I came to Jesus, my wife at the time, uh, I had done so many terrible things in my life. You know, it's not appropriate for anyone's conversation. But um, I remember the day that it was a year after we came to Jesus and we had a kid on the way and a, a nice house in the countryside in Ireland near our folks and everything was beautiful. And God told me to go and tell my new wife everything I'd ever done. And I remember thinking, Jesus, this is one of those bad ideas, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and lo and behold, I went home and I told my wife 50% of everything I'd ever done. And this is what changed my walk with Jesus. Um, she turned to me and she put her arms around me and, and I waited for her to kind of push me away because I was telling her hard things. And she put her arms around me and oh, I cry again. And as I was telling you this morning, every day I leave to go and do something like this, she still puts her arms around me and, oh, and prays over me. But 14 years ago, she put her arms around me and she said, I forgive you and I love you. And everything changed in my relationship with Jesus. It was her forgiveness that mm. set me free but it wasn't just a gift to me, it was a gift to her. Forgiveness is not for your enemy. Forgiveness is for yourself so that you might receive freedom from the bitterness and cynicism in your life. The will of the Father, if you're talking about the Our Father, is that we would forgive freely, readily, quickly. And I'm not talking about this lousy kind of forgiveness that remembers everything. He says, when I forgive you, I will remove it from you as far as the east is from the west. I will bury it in the sea of my forgetfulness. Mm -hmm. That is why we can dance. That is why sinners can dance in the light of glory yeah. because they no longer carry the weight of the judgment of God within them. They carry instead the righteousness of Christ. We are clothed in white. We are set free. That is why everybody that comes to the wedding feast of, the, of Jesus, we get to dance. We get a seat at the table. And you mightn't feel like you've got a seat at the table this side of glory, but you said it so well. One day is coming. There will be no more tears, no more sorrow. But today, go easy on yourself. That's why I said go easy on yourself. I see the weight you carry, this responsibility. You do such a good job at loving people. Go slow. Go easy on yourself. Everything doesn't have to be right now. Just how you treat people, you're changing them. It's enough. The geezer at the corner, Jesus will send someone to him. All right? All right. Well, 
this has been an incredible conversation. I think, uh, I, I think uh, maybe by a round of applause, we should have a part two with Darren in the future. Um, so what we want to do with the couple of minutes that we have, uh, we lo- and a couple of you guys have been before, this mic is over here for a reason so that you can come up and give feedback or have a couple of questions. Uh, we have time for maybe maybe yeah, one or two. And, and usually how it goes is nobody goes in the first like two minutes that we're saying, come on. So come on, if you have a thought, if you have a question, if you have something specific that you wanna give feedback to, come on up, just stand right there at the microphone. We'll do a couple of these and then Darren is gonna perform a couple of songs for us too. So we're, we're super Let's excited go. about well that. Done. What's okay. your name? My name is Deanna Smith. I have only won two things from KSBJ, but the first time I won was a time when Darren was with you guys, and y'all were doing a contest, thinking, asking something about hurling, and you were going to help me out, right? Right. And I got the question right anyway, okay? So you sent me your We Are Messenger CD. That's right. And then I won this. And it's like God wants me to be your friend or something. I just want to say, you know. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, that's so cool. Thank you for that. being here. That's yeah. awesome. That was like five years ago, too. I mean, that yes, was, that's that was really crazy. Time. Yeah. Really you know, cool. this is our first, not our, I always speak about me and like the third person, like I'm the Trinity or something. <laughs> the band's called We Are Messengers because I never wanted people to confuse me with Jesus. I got nothing in common with God other than he is transforming me from glory onto glory. It's a process. It's taken time, right? I wanted this to be about us. So, by the way, we have a concert on April 9th at the Met Church. Make sure you all get your tickets. If you don't, I don't know what threat I can install on you. (laughs) All right, who's next for the tiny microphone? Come on up, just real quick. Uh, Whether it's a comment, whether it's a question based on what we said or anything, go ahead. Laura, Laura, right? You come next. We got got movement here. Yeah, and then we'll do one more and then it'll be time for him. Andrea, all right. Um, hi, how are y'all? Deanna's daughter. I'm Deanna's daughter. I'm Laura Boone. Hi, Laura. Um, I just wanted to say that I did not expect to come here tonight. And then um, my mom invited me to come with her. And when you were talking, Rochelle, about your son, I actually have a daughter who has been diagnosed with autism. Okay, how old is she? She's three. And um, she was... I, I am a little okay. bit scared. Yeah. You know, she was diagnosed level three. Okay. And um, I just, I really wanted to say that I didn't expect the, tonight to resonate with me oh, so much, but the whole, the whole thing has resonated. And yeah. I think it made me relate more just because not many people know what I'm going through as a parent right now. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah. I just really I, appreciate you sharing because that, Moves me. This is what's amazing is that God knows the the people that He needs to put around these babies, and they're gonna. She's gonna love you in so many amazing ways, and you're gonna love her right back. You're the perfect mom for this baby girl. Thank you. You were chosen for this girl. But the ways that my son has been able to play. I mean, Carter can. I'm surprised he haven't dropped dead from all the storytelling. (laughs) I. They will bless you in different ways. Yeah. But it's a blessing. It's a gift. And it's not going to look like anything else. Don't put expectations on it. We have to anticipate what God's going to do. If we put expectations on God, we will be disappointed because his agenda is not our agenda. Yeah. And so we have to hold our lives loosely 
It is not our own. When we've said yes to Jesus, it is his life now. Yeah. yeah. So we hold it. We say, Lord, take my baby girl. Thy will be done. Yeah. And teach me what I need to do. And it'll, it's going to be natural because it's in you. Yeah. He purposed you to be her mommy. Yeah. You got this because he's got you. Let's go. Thank you so Let's much. Let's go. Come on. Thank you for being here, too. <laughs> I think we have one more, right? One more? And then we're going to get to him playing some songs. And don't forget, on your way out, to make sure to try and win tickets to the show. April 9th at the Met Church. It's on the northwest side of town, and it will be a fantastic show. Apollo LTD could be there, too. Yeah, think, yeah. Right? It's going to be the greatest concert in the history Ever. of civilization. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Take uh, that, Woodstock. Yeah. Wait, wait. <laughs> it's, it's a terrible tragedy. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> What's your name? Andrea. 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 Yes. How you doing? Awesome. Um, I just wanted to say that um, since everything started, since all of y'all talking, I've felt God so present here tonight, and I feel like everybody who's here has been brought here for a purpose, but it's been so beautiful. I have felt him so strong that I just wanted to cry for joy like the whole time listening to y'all talking. It was so hard not to be back there dancing. You could hear, (laughs) (laughs) you could hear, you know, me and my husband were big hallelujahs and amens and woos. And I was so proud because he contained himself. Um, But uh, he loves to say hallelujah. Um, But I just wanted to say I can feel God so strongly here tonight and everything that you shared um, just really brought my heart joy even the hard things that you talked about and um it was just it was just a very beautiful and freeing night come on thank you thank you for coming thank you put a pentecostal warning on the ticket in the future i guess right yeah uh okay well we're gonna take just a quick break uh darren's gonna get set up and yeah go ahead we weren't gonna plan on doing this darren would you just lead us in prayer yeah all right god we thank you for your sovereignty Thank you, God, that not a bird falls from the sky that you don't know it. And God, in all of our worrying and all of our fretting and anxiety, mm. God, you say you clothe the lilies of the field. Mm. And you say, how much more do you love us? That's cool. God, so I pray that as we learn to walk in your will, mm-hmm. that we would be satisfied with the daily bread that you give us, that we would have the courage to forgive those who have wronged us, and that we would usher in your kingdom as you have taught us. May we be a joyful people in every circumstance. Mm. May we be filled with the presence of God. Mm. And may all of our days, Lord, be ordained by you. There's a scripture. I pray that in Jesus' name. There's a scripture, Matthew 11, 28 to 30, in the message version of the Bible. And if you have a problem with the message version of the Bible, you can send me your strongly worded letters of complaint. I will not be replying. But it says, come follow me, learn to walk in the unforced rhythms of my grace and you will find rest for your weary soul. Why does Jesus say you'll find rest for your weary soul? Because he knows you're weary. Do not be ashamed of the weariness or the heaviness or the mental health, right? Mm -hmm. But come follow. That's the invitation. Don't follow skinny Jane wearing worship pastors. My Janes are skinny, but they're lycra. They're stretchy. They're old man Janes. You can bend your knees. Is that what you're saying? Yes, sir. I'm going to get my guitar ready. You walk like Frankenstein. Yeah. 